Hey guys, welcome to 2020. Welcome to a new year of monologue. I just wanted to say a brief message before this first episode, just thanking everyone for tuning in um, in 2019. I launched this um, a little over a year ago, and we have some listeners, and even if just one person was listening, it would be worth it. This is a 100% passion project and that has been so great to explore so I just wanted to thank all the guests all the conversations all the vulnerability all the perspective of this past year and we're really looking forward to I always say we because I just feel weird saying I'm really looking forward to I don't know why I really enjoyed this conversation that I had with Nick Johnson which is the first episode we talked about how music is you know, the it can be interpreted in many different ways and that we love lyrics that can mean something different to everyone that listens to it and that we love music that rides that line between being super cryptic and being right on the nose, um, that that sweet spot is um, where we strive to be in our music. So that's the first one. And then shortly after that, you're going to be getting an exclusive episode of an Oscar 2020 nomination breakdown we're going to talk about our favorite movies that were nominated and what we're excited about and what we were not excited about and we're going to make some predictions and so that's going to be really fun season three is still tbd but we're again with the we we're you know taking a lot of things into consideration so um before you start this first episode i just wanted to share a thought that i had the other day that kind of no matter where this project goes, it's going to be really cool 10 years from now, 20 years from now, uh, listening back to these episodes as they will serve as sort of a time capsule for what I was going through, what my friends were going through during this time, what the world was going through this time. And I'm just excited to have those time capsules to dive back into. So I really hope you enjoy episode one and keep listening and keep sending me your thoughts and ideas. I love all of you, I think. Bye. Are you are you comfortable? I'm very comfortable. Are you honestly. sure? This is okay, good. and you can move that closer and sit Maybe back or whatever. So I can sort of yeah, you climb, can kind of lounge. Get a little more conversational, right? Yeah. So this is the first of the year. First Nick's really year. nervous. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, but it'll be fine. I also just uh, guzzled like uh, one of those caffeinated uh, like seltzer waters Ooh. on an empty stomach. So if this goes double speed, then. <laughs> My, my it's, apologies. it's out of your hands. <laughs> it's nothing we can do at this point. What is it called? What's the seltzer? Uh, it's called Focus oh. with a PH. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah, so it's it's dastardly. Focus with like a Z yeah, and a I PH. Yeah, I feel far from focused. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah, you nice need to, to eat something. Here. Good. I know. I really, I really do. <laughs> For the sake of the pod. Yeah. Have you um you been in the community center lately? I feel like that's where we you see know, each other. I actually haven't. It's been a while. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Right. <laughs> I've since uh, bailed on the uh, my ambitious New Year's plan to make it there more. But right. I love that place. I know. Isn't it great? It's the best. I've tried to go to other ones that are like closer to where I live now, but I just, I can't. For those of you listening at home, this is right. a small community center. It's basically like a like a nice hotel gym. Or gym exactly. That's how I would describe it. Right. I know, and there's like little kids running around because they're, you it's know. It's got everything you need. It's got everything. And the people that work there are so cool. They're nice. There's no shame. There's no, no guilt. Shame, no guilt. Even there's though no Planet nuts. Fitness says no shame everywhere. That's I not true. I feel shame way more there. I, I feel shame just passing one. Me too. I think Planet Fitness 2 is pretty notorious for locking you in there. Yes. Once you're in your. Uh, you can't cancel unless you go in. You got to have your wedding there. Yeah. You got to. You're there. <laughs> you got to have your first child. Right. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how's your how's your new year going? It's been good. Yeah, yeah it's been good. Yeah, it's been um, it's been uh, productive and yeah. enjoyable and um, you know, aside from all the crazy shit going on in the world, yeah, my uh, ten thousand cases of the coronavirus. <laughs> I know it's it's just nuts. I had to yeah. turn off the the news on the way over here. I actually, threw on 
one of your podcasts, the monologue. Oh, there you go. This Good. Is a Jay Ragsdale episode. Yeah, that'll Shout get you out Jay. of your out of your funk. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it it lifted my spirits a little bit. Um, but yeah, Nero's going really good. Yeah, How about I. Yourself? You having a good one? Yeah, it's been good. I've been talking to a lot of people, and I don't know if you share this sentiment, but we we feel like last year was kind of the worst. It was. It was a long one. It was a long one. A bit of a drag. Yeah, and it was kind of like you know, post college was weird and confusing and hard, but it it felt like it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then you hit like. 24 25 and then you're like why does it still feel like this you know i, I should be somewhere Absolutely. different and so now all the people that i've talked to about this felt that way and already feel like this year is going to be better just because they've decided it's going to be better yeah like, I think there's something <laughs> to that too yeah you know just by kind of telling yourself yes no this is going to be this is going to be different this is going to be different it's all the mindset that's part of the reason what you, br- you bring up the new year i've always kind of had a real affinity for the new year and people always shit on you know like oh new year <laughs> new year new one. year yeah but it i think there is something to that i think it's really important for human beings to have um something as arbitrary as just like january 1st it's a new year right to just kind of set yourself up uh in that headspace of just trying to be better even yeah. if like you know you set a series of resolutions and you make it till April, you know, if you do that every year, that's, you know, a third of your life where you're trying to be better and exactly. improving and trying to be a better citizen of the world and better yeah. yourself. And I know I've always felt like it's kind of a deadline to like, like it come like December 15th. I'm like, okay, I'm letting go of like trying to be productive, trying to do whatever. And just like having that time to have a break from my like achievement mentality. Absolutely. And then as soon as January 1st kicks in, I'm like, all right, here we go. And yeah, it feels it's good. Yep. It's a reset. You go yeah. back to, you know, the plant fitness and you, you just, you make it happen. <laughs> exactly. Right. You sign up for that gym membership. But, um, yeah, so that, that is Nick in 2020. 2020. Who, who planet was Nick fitness, in <laughs> ready to roll fitness again, not a sponsor. Um, yeah. Who was Nick in 1998? 1998. Well, let's see. I was three years old. Okay. Yeah. Toddling around in the mm-hmm. great city of Seattle, Washington. Where Love I'm that. From. Cool. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, that's a, I really haven't really reflected on three year old Nick much, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I've changed that much. I think I'm still running around and yep. maybe a little less in control. A little my, taller. A little taller. Yeah. Not by much. Right. <laughs> viewers at home, I'm not the tallest guy there is. But no. You're not the tallest man on earth. I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely not. Neither is he. I was kind of a little surprised to find that he's a. I know. I think that's a an, fellow shorty. It's an ironic artist name. Yes. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. So you grew up in Seattle. Were you? Was the music scene? You know, were you a part of the music scene from a young age, or did it kind of come later? Or? You know, I was. Yeah, I was able to pretty quickly fall into once I realized you know music was something I I was really interested in and wanted to do. Um, I kind of really quickly found a group of people that um, that uh, I really could learn a lot from and created a lot with, and um, kind of pretty much as long as I can remember, I've always been like kind of friends with people that are a little older. And so some of my first really good friends when I was in middle school and getting involved with music were um, kind of already in high school, and they were cooler, and they could right. drive, and they had Radiohead CDs in their car, and <laughs> you know. And so to just be like really encouraged. Um, in that kind of creative atmosphere. And, you know, Seattle's kind of got the, the kind of cachet attached to it of being, you know, kind of a music city and um, a real artistic place to be. I mean, Nashville is music city. Nashville is. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Seattle can't really claim. Right. But, um, (laughs) and you know, it's just so fucking rainy and miserable there all the time that it kind of, um, it kind of forces you to, to do things that are a little more, I don't know, a little more creative, a little more in the mind. Um, so yeah, kind of right away, as soon as I really discovered that like, oh, this is something that um, I really enjoy, I was able to find people that could kind of come along beside me and people to play with and cool. make art with. And Yeah. And were you, so you said you gravitated toward older people. Were you a younger sibling or? I'm in the middle. You're in the middle. So okay. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I got an older brother mm-hmm. and a younger sister. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've, I've noticed that I'm just the youngest of two and my sister and I have gravitated toward the opposite. Because like she gravitated toward older people because she wanted to look up to people. Mm-hmm. I looked up to her. So like I liked, you know, having like younger friends that could, you know, look up to me. Maybe sure. they didn't, but you know. And so, yeah, I think you kind of take the role of what you didn't have when you grew up. Hmm. But 
Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I could definitely see. I could definitely see that being part of it. Yeah. So were you? Did y'all form a band, or were you just like co-writing? Or what uh, was yeah. So I played in a band in high school called This Is Your Captain Speaking. Shout out to <laughs> This Is Your Captain Speaking. That's awesome. If you're out there listening. Yes. Um. And yeah, it was like a really big band. We had like anywhere between like ten and fifteen people on stage at a time. Oh wow. People playing, you know, trumpets and saxophones and shit. Oh, and, cool. Um. Again, there was just like a lot of people that I was meeting in high school and um, a lot of different kinds of music and stuff going on. So it was really uh, was really interested in putting together a band that um, was kind of big and, and included a lot of different people. And um, there was kind of no uh, sense at that age, at least for me, that like this high school band was going to be the, the, the band, band, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of delusion going on but there was no part of it. i don't ever remember thinking like oh i'm gonna this is the band that's gonna like i'm gonna get signed and we're gonna like make records and be on the road and shit and so it was um that's it was good to have of, that mental state then that you're you're yeah, not like trying just being there to achieve something you're actually just like there because it makes sense you're just kind of there to do it yeah and so um that mentality definitely led to kind of a real open door policy and just uh you know whoever was around to jump on stage and <laughs> beat on a drum or play tambourine yeah Yeah, it's pretty fun so um so yeah that was my high school band we also quickly found that there was a um uh they were like a uh i think they're from australia Mm -hmm. or new zealand somewhere down under where they um with the exact same name we thought we were so you know like i mean that sounds pretty unique uh, that's what we thought yeah you know as i'm sure anybody knows uh, (laughs) finding a band name is the hardest part about being in a band yes and uh so we're all you know jazzed to come up with this name that we thought was super cool and we right. very quickly realized that there was a grammy winning australian uh like kind of post-rock instrumental band mm, yeah so you know we just figured well we can only take this too far <laughs> right exactly the lost this is just for high rolling school. in yeah. yeah well yeah so did you you know did you want to come to nashville to go to belmont or was it kind of like i should go to nashville and then belmont's there belmont was definitely belmont the, was the, uh, reason. the reason yeah, yeah. if you would have asked me back in high school when it was you know time to start applying to colleges even before I knew about Belmont I would have said that kind of my checklist for my dream school was um you know a school that uh, had a great music program but wasn't necessarily a strictly music school yes um because you know I wanted to take history classes and English classes and you know hang out with the nursing majors or whatever yes be a full rounded human yeah, just kind of be a person yes and um I also had had a lot of friends, again, some of my older friends that had gone off to conservatories or Berkeley or kind of strictly music schools. And um, the reports back, especially in those couple, you know, first couple semesters were always like the the culture was kind of, um, you know, competitive and and, um, technical to a point where it kind of squashed some kind of, you know, of those creative. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, those kind of creative sensibilities. So I, I was interested in schools that again had a music program to offer but you know were more of a robust liberal arts yeah school um and as much as i love seattle and still love seattle i was really wanted to kind of get out and see what else was there and so um a school in an interesting new city was very attractive to me and so when i first heard about belmont i was like oh check 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 that sounds great let's go i know it really did check all those boxes for me too yeah did the same for you as well yeah like um my my sister and I were in musical theater a lot too, but she was the one that wanted to pursue it. And I was the one that wanted to pursue more music. Sure. And she had the, we both had the same issue. It was like, I don't want to go to just a theater school. I don't want to go to just a music school. So Mm. we both went to schools that had well-rounded programs and even going to Belmont, I feel like I missed out on some stuff. So I'm really glad Mm -hmm. that I didn't go to a conservatory and really miss out on stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good to have a, again, a a robust. Yes. uh, Education. Kind of multifaceted. Yeah. Did you feel at Belmont when you first got there intimidated or excited or both? Like, what was your... Um, I think it was a a lot of everything. Yeah. Um, I remember kind of those first couple months being being pretty excited to kind of jump feet first into it. Um, I don't know if you had the same experience, but, you know, kind of everyone gets there ready to start a band and kind of make a name for themselves. And, um, but again the the atmosphere always seemed really kind of collaborative um totally so you know you do the normal belmont thing of bringing your guitar out to one of the gazebos and you know like some of the people i met in those gazebos are still like some of my 
closest friends and, yeah. and people whose art I still like really uh, admire. And, and that's why your band name is called Gazebo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gazebo, check us out. We're, we're up there. Gazebo boys. Gazebo boys, yes. man. We're pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of remember pretty immediately being like, you know, you're at school, so you're terrified. Right. Um, but pretty much right off the bat being like, oh, this is a place where there's, there's kind of something going on in terms of people willing to uh, create with each other, you know, yeah. and support each other too. Like, you know, as the first year gets going and everyone's kind of forming their bands, it like, it seemed that people were really interested in um, doing it together and supporting each other and having, you know, people come out to play their shows or go out to other people's shows and mm-hmm. um, plan each other's like records and, um, for free. Remember when we used to do that for, for free? free. That, yes. was, that was yeah, fun. Those were the days. Now we're raking in fat cash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Enough to afford one of those memberships. Yes. Um, did you have a similar experience at Belmont? Like, did you feel like when you got to Belmont, it was a, a pretty encouraging place to be? Or Definitely. I, I felt encouraged, but I just personally was very scared sure. and very like, because I, <clears throat> you, you know, had this band in high school and I really like played my first original song as like a senior in high school for mm. like my friends like I I never I, I performed strictly musical theater basically and so um yeah I like my mentality was like there's so much going on mm-hmm. and I'm a songwriting major and my songs aren't that great so I need to just like hide for a year and not hide like socially but hide from you know kind of putting myself out there until I feel like I have something to say mm-hmm. and so um but I did feel really encouraged like I remember um like the first few weeks we were there, we did like a worship night, like in our dorm. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Zach Bauman played drums Nothing and sure we rehearsed in a gazebo. Um, that guy is the Forrest Gump of drums, man. <laughs> That's so true. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> He's everywhere in nowhere. Shout out Zach Bauman. Yeah, shout out. But yeah. And, and I had a question when you're talking about, you know, everyone comes in and they want to form their band. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought about like, Oh, I'm going to Belmont. I'm going to form a band mm-hmm. and I'm still not opposed to ever being in a band. Mm-hmm. But why were you, you know, not thinking like, Oh, I want to be Nick Johnston. You were like, I need to find my band. Yeah. I think again, it was, it was just kind of carrying over that philosophy from high school mm-hmm. and all the experiences I had, um, playing music and being a you know creative person in high school where it was just kind of a more the merrier kind of environment. Um, and also I've just never really considered myself like the most, technically proficient um player or songwriter mm. um i would disagree but oh thanks. <laughs> that's true um but so i was always just i was always really interested in kind of forming like a, a really good team yeah um and having kind of uh playing with people whose talents really i felt complemented mine which um again I've, I've always kind of considered my musical ta- uh talent or maybe you know, edge being like, I, I think at least I consider myself someone to be <laughs> kind of pretty good at like, um, like having a creative vision for something and be able to like sculpt something and, and be a little more of like a, um, kind of a, like an overseer, like, cool. a, like creative a visionary director. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Visionary, but, <laughs> Nick but, the visionary. but I will take it. Yes. Visionary. Right. Um, I said it. You didn't say it. <laughs> whereas that was what was always appealing to me about starting a band was, you know, like finding those people that are just like, you know the bang up guitar players or the people that like have more of a um uh like direct understanding of stuff that i just have never been that good at you know yeah that's cool. so and i think that's where belmont i think again why like the atmosphere was kind of immediately um really exciting to me was there's so many people that are so good at what they do mm-hmm. whether it's again being a great guitar player or all the engineers or um you know, even all the English majors that were kind of went there to do their thing. And I guess that's the nature of just college in general, but specifically Belmont where it's got the creative bent to it. Um, it was pretty easy right off the bat to find a lot of people to like, you know, form these projects with. And yeah. So, yeah, I agree. That's definitely something that I miss because, you know, my songwriting class was a group of collaborators, just like friends that I met, you know, I I had 10 guitarists at my disposal whenever Mm -hmm. I needed it. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, of course I still know those people, but you know, being a solo artist does get a little, I wouldn't say like lonely, but just like sometimes harder because you don't have that, um, kind of community. But yeah, I, I, I've always like tossed around the idea of a band because I feel like it's so much easier 
and it's just so much cooler to um promote a, an idea in a group than just mm-hmm. promoting one person absolutely because i've always been uncomfortable with like the branding thing and like who are you as an artist and right. stuff and that's important but it's like i would rather i would feel more comfortable branding like a group of people yeah, <laughs> than absolutely. an individual you know i've also just have a pretty boring name you know nick johnston right. doesn't have the you know <laughs> the appeal of a brand right. name yeah but yeah i really think there is something to that to your point about um you know from either like a branding perspective but also just like a creative um project to it's always been more interesting to me to be like this is what five people sound like and this is um the sound that the five of us agree to be like i think that's kind of the most beautiful thing about you know like listening to not that you know solo projects don't have that but there's there's something really special about um the agreement and consensus and um, give and take of of being in a project with five faces or ten faces or whatever. Yeah, the fact that it works at all is like mm-hmm. amazing in itself. Yeah. So when did the Pressure Kids form and how did you know? Was that freshman year or was the that Pressure early Kids? On? Yeah, we got together our, our freshman year and it kind of happened in a, a couple big kind of phases. But um, I guess like the uh, the origin story, yes. so to speak, was yeah. one of the first um, days we had moved in. Um, w- which dorm were you in, in Belmar Billy? Hale. Hale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But I, why does that make sense? <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know if you feel like there's like certain, not stereotypes, but certain yeah. like, you know, uh, things that the different dorms kind of facilitate in a person. And I feel like a lot of times are kind of true. <laughs> You know, but one of which being the only reason I say it yeah. is in Pembroke, you know, it kind of had that nice, yeah, that air of, you know, it's an all guys dorm. And yeah. so there's a lot of, you know, uh, undirected testosterone going on in there. <laughs> and um, th- just those first couple weeks, like kind of everyone always had their doors open and were kind of playing music or working on stuff or listening to music and you just kind of wander around and yeah. stop at a door that you're like, oh, I like Wilco and this guy's playing Wilco like right. what's up yeah and um so one of those first days um I got a knock on my door from somebody across the way mm-hmm. um Alan Kuva love it um and he had brought over like some like they were like jalapeno almonds or like Ooh. sriracha almonds yeah. or something is uh, a little spicy dust on yeah, them. as you know all good new neighbors do <laughs> right offered a treat and yep. um I remember being like, I don't, I don't think I want those, but like, you <laughs> but like come you in play. Cool. Yeah. And it was just kind of like one of those immediate, like kind of musical and personal connections. And, um, we just kind of started playing and kept the door open and people kind of filed in. And, um, so yeah, pressure gets kind of formed that first year. Um, and we flesh it out with drums, bass and the rest. And, um, the group that we're playing with now, we've been playing after a couple, you know, personnel changes and yeah. Um, again, kind of, I, I carried over that kind of mentality from high school of like the more the merrier. So the first kind of iteration of the band, we had like a trombone player and um, a violin player, and um, you know, when you're a little more bright-eyed and idealistic, and before the realities of, <laughs> you know, touring and all all that right. kind of set in, and um, so. The band we've been playing with now, it's been about three years that okay. we've all been, three or four that we've all been uh, all been together. And what's the origin story of the name? Um, the name The Pressure Kids comes from um, one of my favorite bands, Broken Social Scene. Um, great oh. band from Toronto, Canada. I've heard of them, um, I just haven't. They're super, super good. Dived in. And uh, their lead singer put out a solo project. And uh, the first track on there is called Farewell to the Pressure Kids. Oh, cool. And uh, I remember in high school first hearing that record and being like, that is one to put in the back pocket. That's a yes. great band name. So it just kind of, I thought it really spoke to, again, a lot of my like philosophies of being in a band in terms of it should, in an ideal world, it's it's really like collaborative and youthful. And, um, and so it, it felt like the name kind of spoke to that yeah um i know i've i've like thought about what that could mean to me or to anybody and mm -hmm. it's it's i see it as like we are like eternally children absolutely (laughs) you know and we also like inflict pressure on ourselves for 
you know, every aspect of life. So yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a very good read on that. I'm yeah. also really yeah. like kind of interested in my own songwriting and, um, to kind of open things up to be, um, to be able to be seen from a lot of different perspectives, mm-hmm. um, to where like a read like that is something I've never considered. Yeah. And that seems, that seems to be like a fun way to have people kind of interact with, uh, your music or your project or whatever to be like, well, this is what this means to me, as opposed to like, I don't know, calling your band like the green candle or something. Right. That, it can mean one thing, not to, you know, that's a great name. Right. Well, right. Sort of. A shitty name. <laughs> yeah. But the pressure kids seem like it kind of could function yes. that way. To and that's like be. what I like. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's how I like songs to be too. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I, you know, I kind of like to ride the line between being too cryptic and then mm-hmm. just being too on the nose, you know? Ab- absolutely. I think that's like the best kind of music because it's like, okay, I, I think I know what this means, but it's cool that like, I think, I think I think that this means something and it may not mean that to someone else, uh, Absolutely, but it's equally valid. And that is a hundred percent. There's a great, um, there's a great interview I heard with uh, Chris Teeley from oh, yeah. uh, the Punch Brothers who, and I'm going to butcher this, but basically the point being was he was... Uh, talking to somebody after a show and the woman comes up to him and says, Hey, um, is that one song about the Titanic? Like I've always <laughs> just thought that song's about the Titanic. And he just looks at her and goes, yes, it is. <laughs> and later in the interview, he's like, you know, of course, of course it wasn't about the Titanic. Right. It was about whatever, whatever. Yeah. But you know, he goes on to say like it, the person's uh, perception and interaction with the music is just as valid as, the original intent of something love that and yeah i was like oh that's so good and that's that's like an approach i really always strive for and we always kind of strive for in the band is like making stuff that um can mean 10 different things at 10 different people yeah you know i love that and especially like as a as a performer too because you know you you write these songs and you record them and then you end up playing them for years and years and years so it's kind of fun to stand up and sing something three years later that you personally can interpret as being vastly different than, you know, the version that you were three years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So it's even can mean something different to a different version of yourself than just to other people. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I remember one time I told Corey Kilgannon that I really oh, liked. Shout out. Corey right. Kilgannon. Shout out. We shout him out a few times. He'll be on here someday. Dude, I hope so. <laughs> right. Miss you, buddy. I'll just have to, you know, fly to wherever he is and, wherever van is driving in and can record some some talking points but um we talked on the phone one time because i wrote his bio and i was like mm. oh i should have i could like put this up on a podcast but the audio quality was really bad but it sure. was just like i really like what he's saying but anyway he his like his song the hollow which was mm-hmm. like literally one, one of the best of the, songs ever written yes and like Truly. one of like my defining like college <laughs> moments and songs just like I, I remember him playing that for me and ryan travis like i think before we played it for anybody and mm. we were just like whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a hell of a song right and i told him i was like i really like the line um you're a prison without any bars and he was mm. like i don't even know what that means like mm-hmm. that was just like a throwaway line and i'm like well cool because i think i know what it means to me right and that that's all that matters you know that's, so that's cool yeah that's yeah. so good there's just there's so many different ways that something can mean, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like a lot of the time people get wrapped up in um, trying to, uh, or maybe confusing like a uh, writer's intent mm-hmm. with the song's meaning. To not that that doesn't have a purpose in the context of the song, but it just it's kind of supposed to mean whatever you want it to mean right you yeah know, we were talking about zach we had a great we just came back from a, a couple shows on the road and um we listened to a lot of the nationals boxer on this trip just for whatever reason just felt appropriately kind of fuck you to the world <laughs> yeah um and there was one song in particular on there called uh squalor victoria and uh the song kind of has this obtuse kind of um hook in it you know, it kind of, again, doesn't really make a ton of sense when you right. look at it on paper. Um, but he was saying, like, man, I don't really know. I don't really know what that means. And I'm like, well, what does it mean to you? Yeah. And he just immediately, like, goes into this, like, really beautiful, like, image of, like, this group of friends, like, raising their glasses. Like, they got no money, but they, like, scrape together to, like, buy this bottle of wine to, like, celebrate each other. I'm like, dude, holy shit. Like, that is... <laughs> 
that's inc- that's incredible. And yeah. then now my uh, my appreciation of the song is is so enhanced because I was you know I had a completely different read of those lines. Yeah, and sort of like hear his perspective of it. I'm like, dude, that's that's kind of what it, that's kind of what all great songs should do. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. Um, to balance the imagery that is more direct or straightforward or more imagistic, you know, mm-hmm. with the abstract stuff is just that gets me going. Totally. Yeah, it makes me also think about, you know, one of my original inspirations was Switchfoot. And Switchfoot, man. That was one of the first CDs I ever bought with my right? own money was... Uh, Beautiful Letdown or... No, it's the one with the... Um, nothing with is Sound. the tree. Yes, Nothing yes, is Sound. that's my favorite. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. I haven't thought about that for a long time. I think either I bought it or like my mom bought it at like the Christian bookstore and like picked us up from school and was wow. like, I have the new Switchfoot. Like, no yes. way. Yeah. I remember uh, picking it because I didn't really know a lot about them, but it had the CD case. Like, this is going to be impossible to describe for our podcast <laughs> listeners. It had like a, you know, like a regular jewel case. Yes. It kind of had like a rounded edge with like a button. So you press the button and the CD Whoa. would open. So I was like, holy shit, that's the one I want to get. <laughs> that was the only reason. That was pretty much the only reason. Yeah. And then it was, I don't it was think so I good. had that case. That's I don't cool. think that band gets, well, maybe they, they get a good amount of credit, but I think people should go back and listen to those albums. They're pretty cool. I know. Because unfortunately their newest stuff is a little. Is it's, it? I haven't really listened much. To yeah. It. It's just very, it's like saying the same thing over and over again and mm. kind of trying to be what it was a little bit, like mm. instead of maybe going in a different direction or got it you know i think some fans still like it but those early albums are just and the john best. foreman just seems like the greatest guy of all time right i'm so glad he's alive did you see so switchfoot and reliant k came to the ryman like three years ago no way yeah and i was supposed to go with a friend but she ended up moving and i didn't find anyone to buy it so i just went by myself like third row in the ryman mm. and in like my two favorite bands from like growing up and mm-hmm. it was the most special thing and John Foreman just like it was also right before the election. It was like 2016, mm-hmm. and just like the things that he was saying, and anytime we would like clap for him, he would like look at us and like clap for us, and like Whoa, he just was so. That sounds right. It was just like, oh yeah, That's he so seems cool. like the coolest person ever. What's the Reliant K guy's name again? Matt Teeson. Matt Teeson. He, uh, I don't know if he, if he's listening right now, but right. If he is. He <laughs> bought uh, me some breakup beers one time at the Villager. Did he? So I appreciate that for him. I've heard he hangs out there. Yeah. 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 I didn't even really know who he was, but he paid the check. Yeah, Drama that's another songs. one of my heroes. I mean, Reliant K is my favorite band, mm-hmm. and then Switchfoot. I mean, is probably my second favorite. Um, I don't know enough of Reliant K. Did they do the uh, or the one line I do know is that we should get jerseys because we, we make, make a, a good team, team. but yours, yours will look better, better than mine because you're, you're out, out of my league. league. Come on, that's so good. He was like, I think he's my favorite lyricist. Sure, because it's Very so clever. so clever and so unique, and but it was like more like John Foreman's was more like universally felt like that's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel about both of them but their song I remember I was like really young I was probably like 11 or 12 and my sister's very logical mm-hmm. and she was like what does the shadow proves the sunshine mean like that doesn't make sense and I was just in the back and I was what just like it, mean it means like you? the sadness means the light like proves the light and they're both kind of like what <laughs> and it's just like when you know that you can understand that from a young age it's like then you're going to be able to put that into your own music. Wow, you know, yeah. that kind of thing where it's like, it does mean one thing, but like it could have different levels and different nuances Absolutely. to it. Yeah. We should call Zach Bodman and see what he thinks of that one. Yeah. I'm sure he's got I'll a send him a song and be like, tell me what you think this is. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was looking at y'all's Spotify and I was remembering that your song Fever was... Fever kind of a i mean it was it hit new music friday so that was huge but i feel like it was also kind of a big song for the band just in general just kind of um almost like a kind of a nucleus yeah that kind of felt like the moment yeah like, again we've been in some capacity that band has been around for kind of a while but it really was in these past like two years or so like after we all graduated that it was like okay now we're gonna this now we're gonna yeah now life. we're gonna really try to do this for you know a job yeah um and that kind of the whole process of the song from like writing it to recording it to having it kind of come out and you know do its little thing was that kind of felt like okay now now we're now we're going yeah you know yeah and what does that song what does that song mean to you oh what does it mean to you I know Let's right start there oh. first I like I don't know 
it's one of those that I, I listen to and I, I can feel it, but I, I, I don't know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the best compliments I could ever right? get. Good, good. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for me, it's kind of, I was going for, uh, to kind of capture, um, kind of like the cyclical nature of like attraction or even like friendship or just kind of being together with somebody or people to where it kind of starts with this, you know, kind of immediate, again, like a, attraction to someone or even a, an idea or a thing, um, you know, fever kind of being the image for that. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the cycle it takes from uh, that moment to stuff ha- happening, you know, things getting more complicated and involved to where it ultimately kind of falls apart, dissolves, and then kind of ends up right back where it starts. Mm. And um, whether that's with a new person or a new thing or with the same person, um, to kind of try to capture that revolving door of of kind of being with somebody. Yeah. So. Cool. But, you know, if there's any Titanic listeners out there I know, that hear right? the Titanic, that's, a... that's, that's valid. Yeah, and exactly. It's, true. it's all true. Yeah, another one of my favorites of y'all's is Mint. And I put that on my, like, top of the year playlist, Aww, which, you know, you. I that listen to honor. so much music. You listen to a lot of music. <laughs> it's like a sickness. Yeah, I feel like I have to listen to everything that's ever been released. And then I have to tell myself, you don't. Well, who told you you have to do that? So, But I do listen to a lot. and You do. You're always <laughs> right on the edge, too. I had... Um, I thought I was the first person to discover Julia Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard Pressure to Party on the radio like an old yes. man and was like, oh, my God, like, whoa, and was bought the record, was super into the record until Katie, Katie Diamond, Katie, if you're listening, yes. hello, um, was like, dude, Monica had had that on her playlist like months <laughs> like I've ago. I've already heard like, it. God, yeah. Cats. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Not first. Yeah. I really like being kind of like the or one of the first people to introduce friends to something because that's who I was you know, in middle school and high school, burning my friend's CDs and mm-hmm. all that. And now I can do that through a playlist. But, um, yeah, meant like, I love, it's one of those songs that like, once it starts, like the guitar, like, just like you, you just like, you're like, wait, I have to listen to this. Mm. You know, mm. it's one of those songs. And then literally the, you could hollow out or stick around is, is another one of those lines that can mean a lot of different things, but it's one that it's like, like keep fighting. That's mm. what I keep that's what I hear, and it's Thanks. just like very encouraging. Dang, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's another one to kind of circle back to the appeal of being in a band, and uh, this band in particular has always been like really attractive to me. Is that um, I think that song is very emblematic of why I've always loved that process. Is because that I could have never sat down and wrote that song in my bedroom. It was you know Alan who is a, just an, a genius and all aspects of life but you know he's he's a pretty great guitar player oh yeah was just kind of ripping that riff one day we were uh at corner music for some reason he needed a new pedal or we're just miss corner music too man r.i.p nashville's dead right that was that was the last straw man (laughs) yeah yeah but we were in there in one of like the private rooms and um he just kind of starts playing that riff and um it just kind of you know started singing melodies over the top of it and you know getting all excited and get the voice memo out yep, and, you know yep. the guy's knocking on the door and be like what are you doing <laughs> in there out, yeah. get out you're not supposed to play in there right. um but then the song kind of morphed from there and mm-hmm. when i was working on the lyrics i um we knew kind of that we wanted a song on the the record that you know katie would front and so um to kind of be able to write these kind of lines knowing that it would be kind of coming from katie's spirit and Katie's such an incredible person and such a dear friend, like being able to not really write in her voice, but kind of write from sounds kind of abstract, but kind of her again, her kind of spirit. Yeah. Um, was just such like, uh, such an exciting thing, you know? And so now like it's that song, like still playing it, you know, almost every show we've played since is like, it's been such a cool moment to be like, oh, this is my band. You yes. know, and like this would not have happened if it wasn't like these five people like getting to make it. So totally. I'm glad it means something to you. That's, yeah. That's and I mean, cool. it's cool that it's at the end of the EP too. It's like, it's the last Yeah, track, it was right? one of the later editions. We kind of long story short, we uh, made the two EPs that we just released this year, the Pressure Kids and the Pressure Kids Volume 2, 
we originally tracked him as a full length. Okay. Um, and then decided to split him up into two different releases. And so we needed kind of two songs to round out the first EP. Um, so we went back and wrote some new stuff and Mint was one of the ones that we tracked later. So it's one of the last things we tracked for it. And Isn't it always, it's like, oh, we'll throw this in there and then it becomes a lot of people's favorites. I mean, like, kind of, yeah. yeah. Like we, again, we just, we knew we wanted a closer and um, we get kind of nerdy and obsessed with like. Um, Sequence. Yeah. Same. Totally. So we <laughs> yeah. wanted, and honestly, to circle back again, I really kind of did learn that from that Nothing is Sound record. Like, yeah. I haven't listened to it since I've been like maybe 15, but. I'm kinda, listening to it as soon as we leave. And, yeah, same. I'm going to throw it on the way home. Yeah. Better than listening to the news. The, um, I think oh, if wait, I remember correctly. Oh, wait, really quick. Speaking of not listening to the news and listening yeah, yeah. to that, literally the the day of the election in 2016, mm-hmm. and I couldn't look at Twitter and uh, listen to nothing of sound. That's no what I listened shit. to. That was the album I wow, turned to. Wow, it's a very appropriate yeah. record to listen to. Because it says, um, no one's win and no one's won. Whoa. And I was like. Holy moly. Yeah, John it helped Thorne, me out of that. Man, that's yeah. some good but anyway. stuff. Yeah, but I, I'll probably get fact checked on this, but the <laughs> last song, if I remember, mm-hmm. is like kind of like a piano led song that kind of like builds into this kind of big. It's guitar, but it is really it's like an E E chord and it's like really simple. And then it's like, let it go. And then it has like all this gets in there. Right. Yes. So that was like something I learned really young to be like your album should end with like kind of an ambient anthem kind of thing totally. you know so yeah. um we knew kind of mint should be that yeah kind of vibe totally i love that well i have um some rapid fire questions I'm for ready. you that we've started doing again that that focus drink is still percolating <laughs> still so percolating so you're ready extra rapid right oh well i will ask before we do that um you know, what's kind of what's next for the pressure kids. What's yeah. yeah. Well, we're gearing up for a pretty big, um, pretty big year. Yeah. Um, we're going to be on the road cool. as much as we can. Um, we're kind of, we've got a shitload of songs, mm-hmm. um, that the plan kind of right now, um, is to kind of record them in batches a little bit just because we kind of don't have uh the time or the money Yeesh. to like you know make a full length even though we've got the material for I know, it right everyone like it's i wish we could all just dude. yeah anyway I, I think yeah. about it daily yes if only if only but so it's kind of it, i think gonna end up being kind of a cool way to work to where we're gonna do kind of batches and like four three to four songs that's great and uh, that's and that's better honestly algorithmically right? and all that so. agreed yeah. so you know, I don't know if those will just become really great demos mm-hmm. or if they'll be more EPs or if, you know, things will kind of chug along and we'll get to do a, a full length or something. But we've got a lot of songs. Yeah. We're excited to get them out. And are y'all going on tour with someone? I think I... Um, we're kind of doing a couple like dates One-offs. here and there. Yeah. yeah. But um, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be uh, we'll be doing some bigger stuff with Sweet. some folks. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. See what happens. Um. Okay, here we go. You ready? Rapid fire. Focus Hit me. with a PH. PH focus. Your first celeb slash character crush. I remember, this is pretty random, but I remember in one of the first <laughs> Olympics. Oh, yeah. And when we were, you know, young people and you realize, oh, the Olympics are a thing that happens. <laughs> I remember uh, the gymnast Sean Johnson. Such a cutie. She was cute. She yeah. was like cute and tiny and like really good at the parallel bars. Yep. And I signed up for gymnastics uh, that year. I think I was in like fourth <laughs> or fifth grade. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yep, Sean Johnson. I love it, Sean Johnson. Big fan. If you could have a superpower. If I could have a superpower. Holy moly. Well, the boring one's flying, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, I never really got the invisible thing. That I don't I never really see the appeal of that. My only thing would be like, I could like sneak on stage at a at a concert okay. and like be like face to face with someone. That's good. Which would be cool. I just feel like logistically, yeah. you know, you're getting bumped into <laughs> exactly people are saying stuff about you. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe you can be like kind of like a ghost. Like it sure. becomes yeah, yeah like pass wind. through a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, <laughs> let's go with I would like to never have to sleep or eat. Or at least the option to do that. I was gonna say you would. I I think I would miss the active eating and because you know like a great meal with friends and that's nothing's gonna beat that. But right. the inconvenience of 
three times a day. Yeah. It's expensive. Expensive. You have to cook. You, you have to cook. clean you the dishes. You got to clean. You got to go somewhere to get it. Yeah. I just, I would rather not have to do that. Right. I know. So. I would like love to just have energy all the time. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, what was, what is your most used emoji? Most used emoji. I yeah. like the sunglasses one. I like that one And too. I've been doing the sunglasses with the hang loose. Like it. it. Makes a little like combo. A, you know, <laughs> you're you're cool, but you're also chill. Right, cool yeah. and chill. Yeah, it's like yes, everything, anything's cool with me. Man. I like that one. <laughs> I like it. What was your favorite high school subject? Favorite high school subject? I really loved. I took an AP art history class that blew my mind. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if you had any teachers like this. this is the guy that was like should very clearly be teaching college. Yes. You oh know? yeah. I had a lot of those. But he was super cool, and the class was less about the art and more about. Um, like what the historical context told you about people at that time. Cool. And it blew my mind. Yeah, we had an AP art history class, but I didn't take it. Mm. It would seem cool. Mr. Proofer, if you're listening. Mr. Proofer, we love you. We love you. <laughs> if you could be a part of any TV show cast. Oh, God. I know. Um, uh, my uh, roommate, Tom, shout out Tom, has been uh, watching Veep, which <sighs> I watched... Uh, about a year ago yeah and that show is just about the funniest show i've ever seen in my life yes and just the and cast they get is... away with murder oh my god sometimes I i'm like how could that be on TV? i like scream at it i'm like Whoa! Oh, it's so good yeah. and i just yeah I, I think that'd be pretty fun to be on that show and just be able to yes just, just be able to say a, anything i don't know like a human vacuum dirt bag or <laughs> right. something exactly. I don't know, I say on beep, that'd be funny yes no yeah and julia louis dreyfus is like my god. comedic hero she's the best she's my queen can't beat her. All right, we got a couple more. Right, Something focused. everyone loves that you don't get. Oh, that's a great one. That's my favorite. Uh, chapstick. Okay. Not only do I not like it, I think it's I think it's a, like a massive criminal conspiracy. Because <laughs> it doesn't really work. I think it's insane. Yeah. I think it's crazy because I maybe I've just been blessed with naturally uh, <laughs> lubricated lips, but I have never needed chapstick. I've never used that's chapstick. That's single lubricated And lips. my lips are never chapped. Oh, and you see the people amazing. that like, they're like, where's my chapstick? I gotta go <laughs> find my chapstick. It's like, <laughs> it's because you're using it. Straight see, I mean, I'm jealous. I am not blessed with lubricated lips mm. all the time. But do you use chapstick? And I use chapstick there and sometimes go. it doesn't work. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. You put shit in there, it dries out your lips. Maybe I should just not and then see if they heal naturally. If chapstick worked, all the chapstick companies would be out of business. You True. think Burt's Bees is like some kind of, you know, angelic philanthropist? No. Right. No. Burt is running a racket. <laughs> Burt is, is running, a criminal. Yeah, Burt should be in jail. I, I kind of think that the same about deodorant, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's the same kind of thing. And now deodorant is like becoming kind of like you know people are like there's all the natural deodorants right, and like right. the aluminum and yes. talc or whatever yeah you know and it's like just wait two more years same thing's gonna go same on thing chapstick. yeah mm, so tune in in two years yeah. um <laughs> we'll be in the armchairs talking yes about talking about all this um okay final one is love language love language uh i i took the test not too long ago i definitely words of affirmation is the one i give yes and the one yeah. I, Give and receive is good. Uh, the one I receive is uh, physical touch. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a back pat just sends me right. to another planet, man. I love a good like, I, um, you know, you know when a side hug can be kind of awkward, mm -hmm. but you know when it, it can be, be really sweet good. and yes. like a little squeeze on the shoulder. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I was thinking that not too long ago. I'm Where like, everyone gives side hugs a hard time. Yeah. But a good side hug can be. It can be great. Especially someone you don't really know. You're having a conversation with them and they're like, hey, yeah. out of nowhere. A little. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks, Nick. Monica, thank you. Yeah. This was a treat. Yeah. Our last thing is we plug something that we're digging in pop culture. So it could be a movie, an album, podcast, whatever. You know, I'm going to give uh, a shout out to my man, Jolton Mayfield, who okay. is a fellow Belmont alum, former roommate of mine. Love it. Um, and he just put out an EP called I Hope You Make It, and it is fucking awesome i can't wait to listen it's re it's really good and he's been working on it for a long time mm -hmm. and he's one of the best songwriters i've ever known and i'm sure you can relate to this there's the people in nashville that are your friends mm -hmm. and you love them because you're friends but if you were to find their music just out in the world you would be a big fan 
and then the fact that you get to be friends with him is a bonus. Right. Oh, I love that. And that's that's, that's so Mr. true. Mayfield. So go cool. listen to the record. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's very good. I will plug two things. Yeah, plug I've away. been like, you know, I haven't monologued in like two months, so mm-hmm. I've been dying to plug the morning show. Oh, is that the uh, Apple one yes. with uh, Steve Carell and yes. Jennifer Aniston? Dang. It is literally, I think it's the most important show anybody can watch right now. It's wow. like loosely based on the Matt Lauer mm-hmm. thing. And basically it just, I mean, it's just, first of all, just so well done, so well acted, so well written. But it also, it handles me too in like the best way I've seen. And mm. and through every single kind of perspective and it shows the effect of it so effectively. I mean, mm. it's literally like, and I watched it. It was great because I watched it with my family over Christmas. Mm. And so we could like talk about all that stuff. And so being able to talk about that with family members is huge. I mean, with friends, I feel like it's more natural to talk about that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was really great. So definitely watch that. It's on the list. Apple TV Plus is hard to find sometimes, but... Yeah, do you have to have an Apple TV? I would, I would imagine. Yeah, well, and we have an Apple ta- TV, and then I got a new phone. Mm-hmm. So it was... I got, like, a free year of Apple TV. Oh. Yeah, so... That's a good deal. But I think it's only, like, 5 bucks a month or 10 bucks or something. Yeah, I might so have to check that figure out. out a way to watch it. And there's going to be... You know there's going to be more stuff on Apple TV Plus. I mean, it's Apple, so good investment. And then the other thing, I just watched Cheer on Netflix, mm. which I was never a cheerleader. I can't even. Oh, do I a thought you meant like Cheers the show. Cheers, Cheer, which I would love to re-binge sometime. Or no, Cheers just binge. I've never watched the whole thing. Um, but yeah, like cheerleading. It follows oh. this. It's a docu series, and it follows this uh, community college in Texas where it's like the best school you can go to for cheer. And the first episode, we we're like, okay, cool. But then it like goes into all the stories of the kids there, and it's just like. It's amazing. So hmm. I would recommend Cheer. All right. Yeah. That's two on the list. Yeah. I got to finish Miss Maisel first and then oh, throw those on. I finished Maisel. What do you think of the new season? I will say it's definitely the weakest, mm-hmm. but I thought it was still worth it. Agreed. Yeah. Where are you in it? Uh, I'm, I think, like halfway through. Okay. They're, uh, spoiler, they just got remarried in Vegas on accident. <laughs> that was great. It's pretty good. I, yeah, I... It, it definitely got better. Yeah. The first two episodes, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, it's lost the magic. But then I was like, okay, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has she hung out with Lenny Bruce yet? She has. And that's my... F- oh, <gasps> um, well, maybe not in this season. Okay. I'm just thinking of that incredible scene where she goes with him to his show. Yes. He's on some late... Oh, my God. Chills just thinking about it. It's I some of the best TV chills. I've ever seen. Yeah. They're, they have another kind of moment, and I just... I'm obsessed with their like dynamic. Yeah, he's so cool. Yeah. He's I want to so cool. be Lenny Bruce on that show. Yeah. And I want to be Miss Maisel. There so, you go. Yeah. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Well, cool. Thanks, Nick. Monica, we treat. Yeah. Thanks so for fun. having me. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>